adventure to do our outdoor things. I don't know how the sound comes out or what airplanes go flying. <laughs> and now we're freezing. It's better than the snow. So, Father, thank you for gathering us here. Thank you for these mommies who would make time to organize their lives and um, do whatever stuff needs to get done to get here. And so, God, as always, I ask you, bless them for their openness, for their hunger. And I pray you'd feed them. I pray you'd feed them um, with the bread of life. I pray that you would pour out wisdom to them. I pray that you would meet the hunger of their hearts, God, to be the highest and the best um, parents that they can be walking with you. And, um, and Lord, we just ask you that I ask you, God, that you would give us eyes to truly see who these children are that you have put in our care and, um, and why it is that we are called to um, groom them, life coach them, God, into a deep and abiding, intimate relationship with you, the living God. Um, so speak to us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, Hot water and Thank you. All right. So, so it has gluten and dairy and lots of sugar probably. <laughs> the topic for the day is helping your child develop a relationship with a living Jesus. So as I was working on this, I um, I came to the conclusion that today really ought to be part one of maybe a three not yet no but maybe a three or a four part series I don't know if we'll get it to that series but hopefully today will be enough of, you know standalone but I really think there's and I'll kind of share that with you too I think there's a framework that God has for us in how we raise our children up into a living relationship with Jesus and and there's some real good guidelines that will help us um so, in a sense, I think where we start today is yet once again <laughs> to revisit the high view of life, high view of parenting, but life basically, and to kick it up a notch um, as parents to revisit um, our deep desire not to put hindrances and stumbling blocks in the way of our children. Um, between them and the Lord and um, to do some soul searching about what it means to not despise our children what it means to not think less of them than God does so those are our rootedness that's you know we've revisited that over and over and over again but if you stay with a revelation it gets deeper and deeper and deeper that's just how God is right so we can end in inadvertently, unintentionally despise a child and how we raise them simply because we're influenced by secular and Christian culture. And that culture itself clouds our vision of God's intent for his, um, for, for this uh, created human being that we have in our charge. So 
What I'm saying is that if you look around, we've always said, don't measure how you're doing as a parent by the culture around you. Even the very best culture in, in Christian culture, <laughs> you know, that you, that you live in. But use God, use the word, draw, sit in the heavenlies with God and see what he sees, right? Not what other people are telling you you should see that you catch like the measles for what you, you tolerate and, and where you go, okay? So we're going to spend um, some time in Jeremiah and chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. But for now, I just want us to jump into verses 11 and 14 real quick um, of chapter... Hey, Sujin, good to see you. So glad you could come. Does everyone know Sujin? Josie. And Josie, Hi. beautiful Josie. Two months now. Ah, so we'll introduce when we get into the discussion part, okay? So glad you're here. All right, so I'm going to take you into Jeremiah and um, into chapter 1, verses um, uh, 4 through 10, okay? And, and and let me read you this. So we're in Jeremiah, I was, I was thinking about, well, well, I'll just read it. The word of the Lord, read it from here. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, so you've got Jeremiah, he's a youth, you've got God coming and God speaking, all right? So the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. The word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. And then the Lord said to me, and he goes on and he describes what that means and the consequences. So there's this intimate dialogue between Jeremiah, a youth, and God. But there's these key phrases, and what struck me, I actually was, I was in Jer this beginning section of Jeremiah and, and always thinking about parenting, right? So what struck me is that the flow of this conversation between Jeremiah and God depended on Jeremiah seeing what God had to show him accurately. Jeremiah had to see accurately. He says, oh, you have seen well. That's what I showed you, and you saw it. He, and he knew what it was, right? He, he could say, okay, I see this, um, this almond branch, right? He didn't call it something. He didn't go, well, it's a redwood tree, or it's a stalk, or it's something. He saw it exactly as God saw it. And that allowed this exchange to take place that had tremendous impact both on Jeremiah and the call and the destiny of Jeremiah's life, okay? So I have a question for you. Um, well, let, let me just back up for a minute. So um, I was thinking about parenting, and, and it struck me that moving ahead into a higher level of effective parenting depends on seeing accurately what God has put before our eyes. And in our case, as parents, God has put before our eyes our children, right? And I'm suggesting to you that there is a cultural, a, a lower cultural, tolerable, everybody thinks it's just fine way of seeing children 
that isn't accurate in God's eyes. So that's kind of sobering for me, you know, to go, wait, if we're going to have this, we are going to have this intimate relationship where everything I need for life and godliness is mine and pairing my children. I have really got to get this accurate picture of who this living soul is that God has put into my, to my um, heart. And so I feel like today the question is, look at your child in your soul and hear God say, mom, what do you see? Because God is asking you for an accurate response. Okay. I have a question for you. When you read the word of God, what do you see as the purpose of a human life on the earth? So I feel like God is calling to us as Christian parents in America, especially in the American church, in this time, in this day, and he's calling when you look at this child of yours, what do you see? In the spirit realm where we live, seeing accurately is linked to hearing God accurately. We need to see well who this divine soul is that God has put in our care. And when we see well the call of God on our child's life, then God can release the matching word that he's watching over to perform in our child's life. Okay, then. So I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this in a few minutes, but right now I just want you to take a few minutes. We're just gonna sit in kind of a holy silence for a few minutes. And I want you to ask God this question. God, who am I that you are even mindful of me? What is the purpose of my life? Why do you sustain my breath? What's the purpose of a person's life inside of the gospel? And if you are visual and not auditory, <laughs> you can grab one of these little slips and or remind you of the questions. But otherwise, just sit with it for a minute, okay?
Okay, so the reason that I'm personalizing this question for you, instead of asking this question about the life of your child, um, is that we can only see about our child what we can see, God's worldview, see about ourselves. So we're gonna start there. It always starts with you as the mom, as the birther, right? Okay. So talk with me, talk with talk together about what the word of God tells us about God's high view of life for an individual believer. Just start answering those questions. God, who am I that you are even mindful of me? What's the purpose of my life? Why am I on earth? Why did you put me here? Why do you sustain my breath? What's the purpose of a person's life inside of the gospel? What things come to you? Bringing the kingdom of God to earth. The first verse that came to me was Micah 6, 8. For he has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Yeah. about the kingdom of God being like hidden treasure and how we are that treasure we're like the walking embodiment of the treasure of the kingdom and um, yeah and releasing that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah we just read um, um, with Chloe Luke um, about the lamp um, that reminded me of that that you know, we are God's light. We are to reflect Him out to the world. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? I got a mixture of all those two. Just releasing His kingdom and being like the problem solvers of this world, but it goes in line with what we mm-hmm. all did, which is to bring justice and to um, kind of be the creative thinkers behind some of the hairy issues of life and society and kind of to come and release all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has hands and feet here on earth that people can mm-hmm. don't already know him can experience him in tangible ways. Mm-hmm. Release, release the healing, release the encounters, um, these words of affirmation and Allowing him to speak through us. Yeah, yeah. So these these are the things that I jotted down for myself. So you know, it kind of has in in it the things that you were saying too. But this is what I jotted down. I said I need to first see that life is a miracle and not a right. It's a gift, and as a created being, my life exists only for the Creator's desire and purpose. I need to realize God has entrusted me with the priceless resource of time. And I need to conduct myself in the fear of the Lord while I'm on this earth. Intimacy with my creator is to be my highest goal. 
I am to receive the Holy Spirit and be the holy dwelling place of God. I am to know, love, and serve the purposes of the living God. I am to be about my Father's business, doing everything for his glory, living my life focused on Christ's kingdom mission. You know what we're all kind of saying here, right? I am created to be the vessel through which Christ preaches the gospel and does his work of reconciling man to God. God has entrusted me to carry and release his glory and his light in my sphere of influence. I am to live with God's long-term perspective so I'm not fearful of present suffering or fearful of missing out on what is valued in this temporal world. I am to display the excellencies of God. Hey, Debbie. set here okay couple more that came to me I'm here to make intercession on earth with Jesus who is making intercession in heaven that's a big one we're going to focus on that today I have been redeemed at the highest cost and I owe God everything that my life can provide him for his purposes so if you can see this accurately for yourself personally practically not just objective theology right but it's in your gut it's in your soul you go i know this this is this is the essence of who i am you can see this about your child and god then if you can see your child like that your list my list and more right you can see that then god can and will release the word he is hovering over your child to perform. But if we can't see it and come into agreement with God, then the word is not released. Our agreement is really the trigger that, that releases the power of agreement for that word to say, yes, this is the word over my child. This is the word over this life, right? We have a huge responsibility as parents to know and be able to see and to come into agreement so that heaven can come to earth and in the transformation of our children. So it needs to be this very, very high view of God for your child that motivates you to help your child develop an intimate relationship with the living Jesus. So let's look now back at at Jeremiah, but now I want to go in front of where we were. We started kind of at the after part, but I want us to start now in uh, verses, um, let's see, 4 through 10. So just, just listen to me read. So now the word of the Lord came to me saying, this is, again, God coming to Jeremiah, who is a youth, right? Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth, 
For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations, over kingdoms, to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Now, this is an interaction between God and a youth, a child in a sense, you know, a youth. Okay. All right. Let's look at this for a minute. Verse 4, God's voice is like no other voice, and yet this youth can recognize the voice of God speaking. Not in a trivial way, not in just a whatever, literally, the voice of God can hear, can recognize that voice, can interact with that living God, okay, a youth. Verse 5, how does God see this youth? consecrated before he was born, appointed to a destiny before he was born. And he sees this youth on a fast track to be a great influence in the world. Not when he's 40, 80, 60, 30. A youth, right? Consecrated and appointed. Can we see that about our children? Verse 6. Parents, adults, communicate to children that they are children for a long, long time. For many years, we see them as not adults. We see them as immature, as childish. We cultivate childishness even in their relationship with God. We make it ditzy. We make it childish. We make it cartoon-like. We make it, and it's so not just unnecessary it's it's wrong it's wrong if we see what god sees right it doesn't serve what god sees it holds them back from who they are and what god has for them <clears throat> verse 7 to 10 god said don't say i am only a youth where did he get that idea <laughs> Culturally, he got that idea, right? Somewhere inside the culture, it's communicated that you're this little guy, you know, you're this youth, you're this child, and then there's everybody else, you know? And you're a youth, and so, you know, you can't, um, he says, behold, ah, Lord God, he knows Lord God. He says, behold, I do not know how to speak for I'm only a youth. What's intimidating him? He can speak, obviously, right? Get through the book. <laughs> but what's intimidating him is his view of himself that has been planted in himself. You're just a child, right? How do we communicate that to our children? I don't think we're supposed to communicate that to our children, and I don't think we're supposed to communicate to them for very long. Every day, you're less of a child than you were yesterday, right? <laughs> okay. Um, yes, go ahead. How do you, um, 
because one of the like characteristics character traits that um is often taught is obedience right and how do you balance obedience without the idea of you're a child and yeah versus that that is great and um i'm going to just make one comment on it we'll get back to this and then we should talk about it in a parent coaching thing at one of our evenings right but but essentially so you're saying how how do you balance that so a child can knows to obey a child needs to know to obey because both you and the child are under the authority of god right and then you understand appointment, you understand position, and you understand how God has designed life. It's not because you're inferior, you're a child, and you need to obey me. No, we both need to obey God, and what you're doing here is either wrong or it's right. I'm either going to correct you or I'm going to applaud you and empower you, right? But it's because we're both under God. And it's deputed authority here, Charlotte Mason, right? Yes, okay. exactly. Okay. So our children have high callings in God. The gospel requires that we see the deep purpose of our children's existence much higher and much sooner than cultural Christianity is dictating to us. As a parent life coach to your children, you're going to have to push away a lot of cultural, what I call falderal, right? Maybe Charlotte would call it twaddle. Right? You're going to have to push away this cultural stuff to truly see who your children are as God sees them. You're going to have to walk a different path. right? Um, if we really believed um, they are doing things in their youth, like following the Lord's commands to face down fearful enemies... If we could see that the Lord can touch a youth's mouth so that this young soul can impact nations and kingdoms, can break down, destroy, and overthrow, and build, and plant, what would that do to our perspective of the why and the how we would go about helping our children develop a relationship with the living God? It's a game changer. How we see. With that framework in our hearts and minds, let's turn our minds toward the most powerful tool that God has given you for drawing your child into a deep relationship with the Lord at the pace the Holy Spirit ordains. Did you hear that phrase at the end of it? At the pace that the Holy Spirit ordains. And that tool is prayer. You know, I feel like um, uh, when we were when we entered into you guys entered into parent coaching, it was through this idea, basically saying, "Wait, you know, you train to be an engineer, you train to be a doctor, you train to be a bus driver, you train to be or whatever. You know, you're going to do. You train. You're you're going to go in and take somebody's job. They train you, right? And yet we bear children and and where's the training right so i thought it was just it's so beautiful in the in the scriptures where the disciples come to jesus and they go would you train us to pray because this is your lifeline this is this is your communion with god this is 
everything for you. This is where your power comes from. This is where your wisdom comes from. This is where your insight and your discernment and your foresight and your hindsight, everything comes through this ability to pray. Would you teach us how to pray? So in a sense, this is what I want us to focus on in, in this part of the series that I'm thinking needs to be, you know, would be beneficial to do on this topic for today. So with prayer, we're going to focus on first, one, prayer for yourself first and foremost as God's beloved, because in parenting, it really matters who you are. And you can't become who you're supposed to be without a vibrant, vital prayer life. Two, prayer over your children, which is the greatest power for good you have to wield in their lives. How is it that we can treat prayer as just, well, surely I know how to pray, right? Well, I pray this, I go, oh God this, and oh God that, and whatever, right? But but prayer, true prayer, right, is the greatest power for good that you can wield in your child's life. Three, prayer with your child. As a teacher and a model to that child for how to pray in a way that will lead to their being conformed to Jesus. All right, let me tell you now how I see, how I would see a series on this, um, just because I want you to see this not in isolation, but I want you to see it as a whole that fits into what we've covered in parenting and how what you have been seeking and being trained in really is going to serve you well in this goal that you have, right? So I see part one as what we're doing today, the foundations, two elements, get the high view of who your child, who, who a human being is, and that's your child, right? So that's part one, God's purpose for a human life, your child. Reconnect with seeing the purpose of life for ourselves, our children, acknowledging God's desire for supernatural transformation of the child sooner rather than later, okay? Two of part one is take seriously praying the word of God, the heart of God. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. You are one in the anointed one. He is in heaven, ever making intercession. He is the prayer master. <laughs> and, and you are in him and he is in you. So we are on the earth making intercession in Christ who is making intercession we're on the same track, right? His voice here, my voice there. This is how heaven comes to earth, right? So take seriously praying the word first for yourself because it matters who you are and the level of transformation. You can't take your child anywhere you're not. Praying, take seriously praying the word for your child and with your child. So that's what I see as today, part one. Part two, if we were to go on, would be what are the other doors that we can open to usher our children into an intimate relationship with the Lord? 
And then I go back to what we have um, kind of reduced things to, what our dear Charlotte has reduced things to, to say, look, we have three options here, three beautiful powers here. We have atmosphere, we have habit formation, and we have living ideas. And so the next part two would be looking at atmosphere, exploring you. You are an atmosphere to your child. Exploring your home, your family as a spiritual atmosphere and exploring the church, the body of Christ as a spiritual atmosphere. Because that atmosphere has your child catching truth or error like they catch the measles. Part three, <laughs> little nature, little nature. <laughs> yeah. uh, part three, we do habit formation, leading to intimacy with the Lord. How to cultivate in your child a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. So they just love to do what's right and they hate to do what's wrong. How do you cultivate the habit formation in your child of thankfulness, appreciation, and humility? And how do you create and develop in your child um, an experiential relationship with God? And then, and service. That part of it in habit formation would be a habit of serving. Because intimacy, as you know, we've said it before, intimacy with God will not happen without a servant's heart. It's not a, you, I can't get on there, I will go for a while because <laughs> it's so big in my heart, okay? So service and the works of Jesus as habit. Part four would be focusing on living ideas, teaching children a living theology as opposed to mere knowledge and equipping children with a living apologetic as opposed to empowered arguments of man. So that's where I'd go if we were going to do four parts and I don't promise you anything, but hopefully that's enough to get you thinking. Maybe you could teach it the next time. <laughs> okay. All right. The level to which we can become intimate with the Lord is the level to which we relate to him in deep prayers. And I am putting that in quotes because I want you to be that deep business, deep prayers. So I'm making a distinction between good and godly prayer that focuses on the details of life, what we call the stuff of life. That's good. We're supposed to do everything by prayer and supplication. Make your petitions known to God. Ask, you know, all of this. That's good and godly prayer. But I'm making a distinction that that's not, that's not the end all and be all of prayer. It's one corner of prayer. So deep prayer, I'm, I'm making this distinction between good and godly prayer that focuses on the details of life, the stuff, and deep prayer that reveals and releases the very nature and character of Christ within us. That would be my definition, one definition anyway of prayer, is the interaction with God himself in prayer that reveals and releases the very nature and character of Christ within me. So for example, compare this mom's prayer upon waking. Lord, help me get done everything I need to get done today. Give me strength. Help me not to get angry at my kids today. That's a good and godly prayer. I bet you pray it a lot, you know? Now, but compare that to... Lord, thank you for the gift of life today. I'm your dwelling place. 
How do you want to live through me today? What do you want to do? Who do you want to touch with your spirit through me? How do you want to love those in my sphere of influence today? I breathe to praise you and I live to serve you. Kick it up a notch, ladies. <laughs> okay, or, or just this. Lord, may every thought of my mind, may every intention of my heart, may every deed that I do today bring you glory. What a difference. What a difference, okay? So my goal in part one of this series is to inspire and empower you to move into transformative prayer transformative prayer for you and your children with greater ability and intentionality. So if nothing else gets done here today, but you just get a boost up in how to connect heaven to earth on behalf of your child, which is, and your child cannot be seen in a, in isolation. Your child is in the context of you, your husband, your life, your home, your church, your community, right? So, so let's kick up prayer a notch so that all of that transforming grace can be released, right? Um, so let's look at what I've provided you in this stack of papers for a poor generation that does everything digitally and I always walk in with papers. So I give you total permission to throw them away after we're done with them today. Um, and, and they'll all be, you know, these documents will be online with this recording when we archive it on the, on the website, right? All right. And I give you permission to use what I'm going to hand out to you whatever way you want. I mean, what I want to do is just be a catalyst for you. You have your own relationship with God. You, you do your own thinking. You do your own grappling, right? We're just stronger together than we are apart. So I'm just going to give you what I can give you. And then you take it and go with it and give something back and boost each other up and, you know, we'll go from there, okay? All right. Um, enough of that part. All right, here we go. So I have, let's pass these around. And then pass, hmm, let's see. In the heart yeah, this should go. So where am I? Oh, yeah. I got something I'm missing here. Pass these. Two. These are the same. Yeah, pray in the, in the heart, heart of God, God, and then the second one here. Yes, I th I've got them both together. Okay. All right. And you guys here. There, there, here, here. Okay. I'm tuck this one away. Okay. So this is actually two things stapled together. And the first one is praying the heart of God for your child. And then the second one on the cream-colored paper actually is, um, well, I'll, I'll explain to you, but basically it is 26 scriptures that if you take them one a week, will give you a six-month <coughs> prayer journey. So, um, <clears throat> but let's look over this, this document that says, Praying the Heart of God for Your Child. So... We talked about that John the Baptist style of parenting where we're not putting any hindrances, we're not putting any stumbling blocks, we're not offending, we're not, you know, despising our children, right? So this supernatural task um, is accomplished 
in many ways, in foundational ways, it's got to start with prayer. When you look at the scriptures <clears throat> with a parable of the sower, for example, and it says the seed, the word of God, falls on the soil, which is the heart, right? What, how does the soil become receptive? There's many ways that we see the world compacting the soil, the birds coming to eat the soil, the distractions of the world blowing it all away, right? But our job as parents in the John the Baptist style and the, you know, is to make sure that all those things that would compact and destroy and all of that, the word of God, minimize the word, the impact of the word of God in the life of our child is to have the softened heart this receptive heart of a child. And I am subjecting to you today, you know, that the, the way that God expects for you to do that, to cultivate the open heart of your child, the first and foremost way, it has to be done in prayer. It has to be done in prayer. Yeah. Okay. So... I've provided you this list of scriptures on this other document, right? And, and highlights for praying the deep desires of God's heart for your child out of these verses. So here's how I've, I'm suggesting it can be activated. So number one, my suggestion is that you focus on each scripture that for, for one week. You don't have to do this. This is one way to come at it. Focus on it for one week. Praying it through the first day over yourself. The second day, pray it over your spouse. And the third day, pray it over your child or your children. So you have the week, right? If you, I don't think any of you have more than five children. So our week is long <laughs> enough, right? So you can pray each for each child or, you know, if you're beautifully contemplative and you can hold all your children in your heart somehow the way I sometimes the way I do that you guys have been out in our my little prayer closet prayer big prayer closet in the apartment right and and there's always these small smooth stones there so for me I have a hard time focusing my attention so what I'll do is I'll actually take those stones out and I'll put them out in front of me and I'll name them this is my husband this is Ben, this is, you know, Ian, this, these are my children, these are my grandchildren, right? There's a stack, and sometimes I'll just hold them in my heart so I can pray over everyone at once, right? I can do that in my heart. Otherwise, I'm going, oh, yeah, for Maddie, oh, I can't forget Ellie, oh, my gosh, what about Declan, you know? And I get, I get frantic, so for me, I either have to isolate it out one time for one, or I can do it all together and say, God, you see, you see, okay? So doing that... Um, number two, sorry, I'm weepy. This subject is so dear to my heart. <laughs> okay. In that week, find ways to speak scripture the, from these scriptures directly over your child. Okay. For example, you take the opportunity. You've got a child. You're out in the garden. You're doing something. Just catch him off guard, you know, and just kind of, you know, you can go up to a child. Just, you know how a child, they just like to sometimes look in your face. You just kind of take their hand, and you've got this bright face. So they're looking, they're going, what's coming from this bright face, mama, towards me? Eyeball to eyeball, right? And then you just say, Declan, may the grace of God just cast over your heart today. And that's it. 
him a little wink, give him a little kiss on the cheek, and go back to digging in the soil, right? But something out of the scriptures that you are pronouncing, the blessing of God, the word of God, bringing the will of God to bear on that child out of your mouth because you have vast authority in God to shift the life and the heart of this child, right? You know, Ellie, I'm just, God, soften your heart so that you love everything good, right? Or just, you know, some, so you don't, you want to do it in a way that their heart is just receptive to it. And again, bright face, twinkly eyes, sweetness, gentleness, and just release it into their soul, okay? Three. Write out a cumulative list of decrees for you and your spouse to make together over your children. For example, I'm, I, you know, you've got this, this journal, this book that's just saying, I'm cumulatively, I, the reason I say write it down is because there's, in the scripture, there's a, a section where, God, where but the prophet and God, he's just saying, write the vision write the vision. There's something about writing the vision. Number one, because I can look back and say, in a, in a crisis, I see my child, I go, oh my gosh, things are not going well. Where's my little, where's my little, what have I declared? And then I war with that. I go, Satan, get your hands off my kid because I've declared this and decreed that and this stands in their life and that stands in their life and this stands in their life. Back off, right? I mean, you war with the decree, right? as well as bringing heaven to earth. So write it down. And then, you know, if your husband's willing, you can, you can just, it's, it's so fast that you can do it because you're just in one scripture, you know, for that week and you just start writing out your decrees. What is decreeing? So you're just milking this word for everything it's worth, right? <laughs> okay. And you need to know, for, um, you, know you say, okay, the grace of God casts down on, cascades down on the life of my child daily. Now, note the scripture references on your list. Know that your decrees activate angels to go forth and perform the word. Because in Hebrews 1.14, it says, Are not angels, all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? My child is born on this earth to inherit salvation. And these angels go forth and do that word, right? Okay. So your prayer time doesn't have to be prolonged. Remember we've talked about this business of, wow, if I see my life as a pie and I keep cutting it in smaller and smaller chunks, pretty soon I don't even have a recognizable slice, you know, and life is just frantic. It's just, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Love God first. Okay, what does that mean? How many hours of prayer do I have to do? I'm supposed to love my husband. What does that mean? Do I wash his socks? Do I turn his socks inside out and don't complain? Do I, you know, I mean, you're just going blah, 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 right? What about my children? What about the church? What about my neighbors? What about blood, right? And I got pie slices all over the place until there's like chaos. But if you see your life as a whole, a whole unit that says my, uh, what I am, I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now out of that, in that everything else flows right <laughs> so now i'm looking and i'm saying you don't have to have this prolonged prayer time you can refuel in flight spiritually remember we've talked about that you can it doesn't have to be long it just has to be focused connected and powerful all right so this is what i suggest for your prayer time and it can all happen in a matter of minutes right 
But first of all, do something that will raise your spirit up into worship, praise, and thanksgiving to God. That's the way you come into the presence of God with thanksgiving and praise. Always, right? Otherwise, you're going to have to dig yourself out of a dark hole before you can even connect, right? Okay, so you can maybe sit in a minute of silence, do a little breathing, you know, just come into the presence of God, visualize, you know, um, something out of a picture out of Psalm 23, visualize, um, come boldly before the throne of God. I have a visualization where I have, because I'm, my mind is so all the time, right? I have this visualization of, I, I, I come on into a hallway and it's, it's a long hallway and it has lots of doors. And at the end of the hallway is a door and I know that God is in there, right? <laughs> and, um, and so as I start to walk, to go to God, this is what happens in my soul. Out comes, I didn't get the grocery shopping done. Out comes, you know, oh my gosh, if I'm going into prayer, what's happening with Ryan? I feel, you know, I'm going, shh, shh, shh. and out comes Dick, and out comes, you know, the family, and out comes, oh my gosh, I got to pray for the president because, whoa, this is its season, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I get to the door of God, and there's this entourage of stuff and people right, right at my shoulder and right at my heels. And what I do in my visualization happens all within a minute, right? And I just turn and I go, I love you all. I care about you all. And I will be back. But for now, I'm going in here alone. You're all okay. <laughs> and then I just go in and close the door and go, you know, and then, then I can start to pray, okay? So do whatever it takes to get yourself there, right? Remind yourself that as one who has received the cleansing blood of Jesus, Father God has instructed you. It is not presumption. He has instructed you to come boldly to his throne of grace. Remember, you are more supernatural than natural, a la Wendy Backlund and the Bible. <laughs> and you are united with Christ, the anointed one. You are coming into the presence of God in Christ. All right. Now, um, you can read that scripture verse, Ephesians 2. I'll read it for you. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ, saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one. We ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are <laughs> not... This, there should not be a knot there. For we are co-seated as one with Christ. That's a big, terrible error. <laughs> Would you correct that before it gets on the website? Yes. Okay, take out that knot. Oh, my goodness. Now? Or now. Maybe it's now. Oh, good. Yeah. It wasn't okay. so bad. Okay, put a W there for the T. We are now. Good. Thank you, Debbie. Seated. As I thought, how could I do that? It was four in the morning, but that's not good. Okay, okay. Remember God's word is holy. So you're going to come boldly before the throne in Christ. Remember God's word is holy and powerful. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful. It's quick. It's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Remember the power that you are wielding in prayer. So you're just doing this quick, right? Remind yourself that God's word is like the snow and the rain. 
Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. My word is like the snow and the rain that comes down from the sky to water the earth. They make the crops grow and provide seed for planting and food to eat. So also will the word that I speak. It will not fail to do what I, I plan for it. It will do everything I send it to do. Get in Christ and realize that's you, Christ speaking through you. It will accomplish what you send it to do. Then read the scripture reference. You can use these, you can find your own, right? But read the scripture reference, paying close attention to the underlying words or phrases, as these will be the catalyst for your prayers. If you're doing your, if you're finding your scriptures yourself, read your scripture, allow the Holy Spirit to quicken a word, a phrase, and underline that, right? That's what you're going to pray into. It's those phrases, it's those words that you are going to um, focus on in your prayer and they're going to be the, the catalytic um, part of the word, right, that, that, the, God, that the Lord um, stirs up in your heart. So, and then pray as the Lord leads from this word, from this scripture. So here is an example of a prayer over Billy, our theoretical Billy, from Ephesians. Here's the, here's the passage in Ephesians, and you'll note what's underlined. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. All right. Here's the prayer that would flow from, could flow from your heart from this. Lord, I bless you. You are the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for blessing Billy in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Lord, I cherish every blessing you pour out on him. I thank you that you chose him before the foundation of the world. <clears throat> thank you for bringing him onto the earth by your design for such a time as this. Thank you for the gift of his life. I'm asking that everything about my parenting would empower your blessings to reach him. Lord, I pray your desire for Billy comes to pass, that he be holy and blameless before you in this life. Work everything together for that good end in his life, Lord. Thank you for adopting him as your son through Jesus Christ. Thank you for your holy will and purposes being accomplished in his life. Let everything about Billy's life bring you praise for the glorious grace you pour out on him. Thank you for blessing him and the beloved every day of his life. I'm asking that he know you intimately, that he walk with you in holiness, that his life fulfill every blessed intent of your heart. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Right. So that, the, that, that scripture, everything about that prayer is united with Christ. That is what Jesus is interceding over your child. Anything out of the word that you pray, you are in Christ interceding as he is interceding for your child, for your husband, for yourself, right? And then you close your prayer time 
with great thankfulness, maybe a worship song, and that's it. And as I say, five minutes, you know, if you, especially if you've got your scriptures, you know, you've got your scriptures, you've already got them, you underlined it and quickened by the Holy Spirit, and now you're going to come back. So now go to this, um, this, uh, how are we doing for time? Okay. 10.50. 10.50. Okay, and we're, we're done. 11.30. We have 11.30? Oh, good. We're doing great. Okay, so look at this other sheet here now. Scriptures as a catalyst for praying the word over your child. So there's 26 prayers and decrees. Remember, so I said about the decrees. So this is where I've given you kind of examples. I did not write out example prayers of this. It's none of my business between you and God, how the word... Um, triggers in your heart to pray for your children. I did suggest some decrees out of these scriptures. They're a little bit more objective, but but take them for what they're worth and get yours straight from you know the word and how God does it. But this is just to act as a catalyst for you. So for example, so 26, that's half a year. So you've got six months here of all that work being done for you, of choosing scriptures that can be the catalyst for deep transformative prayer over yourself, over your child, over your husband, over your children, and over your husband, right? Um, again, change these out, but, but I just wanted to help you, right? All right, so first one, let's just take a look at them, and then we're going to open it up for discussion. So Ephesians 1, 16 through 19, Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And just as I read that in my spirit, the, the phrase, the glorious father was quickened and I would go back and underline that. And I would pray, God, let my son know you as the glorious father, right? Because it's like I felt it in my spirit. I know God is praying that over my child because he, he, God's spirit quickened my spirit, and I'm on it, right? And I'm going, Choo! that's what we release, right? So you would pray, like I showed you with that other example, right? how God would lead you, but you're going to underline. This is what I underlined. And because of that, this, this would be an example following your prayer. Here are some suggested decrees. These can go in your decree book that you can do something else with your decree book or whatever. But this is what I would do. Okay. I'll, I'll say, I'll say Ian, right? Okay. Ian has the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knows God, right? And I'm talking to me. I am coming into agreement with God and I am saying Satan demons gather round if you want to get close to me you're going to hear the word of God and you're going to hear what you have to fear of my children right because my son has the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knows God the eyes of my son's heart are enlightened to know the hope to which he was called by God my son knows the riches of God's glorious inheritance. And he is a believer who intimately knows the incomparable greatness of God's power. Right? And then I left you some spaces sometimes, you know, to do something else. And there you go. Right? Now, go back to your revelation about the sower and the seed. This 
is how the child's heart becomes soft and receptive to the Word of God. You cultivate, you till, you do the work of God. You run resistance from the enemy. You establish the fire, the wall of fire out of Zechariah, the wall of fire around your children and the glory of God within. You are in your children's lives for a very critical reason. It's not dinking around. And so I, I just want to inspire you with that. Um, again, get meditate on what we've heard. Maybe listen again. The recording is here, right? Because you're, you're going to hear it one way, and then you're going to hear it another. But ask God, and we'll do it before you leave. Ask God for deep revelation out of this. Take it farther than what I'm giving you, right? I can only give you what I've got. You can take it farther. You can take it deeper, right? God will do that through you. So let me just pray to seal this, and then um, and then I want us to talk, and you can ask, and, and we'll just discuss. So Lord God, glorious, glorious God, <laughs> Father, glorious Father, you are Father to us, you are Father to our husbands, you are Father to our children, you are the Father um, of us all. And we're so grateful that you have given us eyes to see and we ask now, God, give us eyes to see what you see about the purpose of life and the high view of it all and how we are to do life with much greater intentionality and focus on behalf of our children. Give us ears to hear the, the heaven revelation out of the word. God, we never want to come to the word and get nothing or just go ho-hum. God, we want to hear the word, quicken the word to our spirit so that we go, I've been with Jesus when I've come from the word. And Lord, I pray for each of us now that as we pray over ourselves, over our husbands, over our children, our grandchildren, God, that we would um, live our lives in the full identity of what you've given us as one united in Christ, the anointed one. Thank you, God, that our prayers soften hearts. Thank you, God, that our prayers move mountains into the sea. Thank you, God, that our prayers empower the kingdom, your kingdom, to come on earth as it is in heaven in the lives of our children and our grandchildren. God, give us the grace to see ourselves as you see us and to walk in that identity and to fulfill your high and holy purposes as parents in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, anybody want to get snacks here? And we get time to get that all accelerated. And question, comment, stand up, move around, whatever you want to do. Hey. Um, this is something that we can do with our children when we're reading the, the words to them that we, we say, um, you know, uh, when I'm reading this passage, um, I want to listen for like a word or something yes. that that you felt like you know God spoke to you or or I don't want to phrase it what you, like you would feel um, yeah like you feel God yeah. um, and then maybe we can you can share that with me and we can talk about it like would that be okay because I think absolutely I asked, okay and I actually now I know the sheet that's missing or maybe if I can see it. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay here we go so let's pass these around so this is. Uh, just a front and back sheet 
that ties in with your question. Thanks for bringing it up because I would have forgotten the sheet. Teaching your child to pray, the deep teaching now. Remember we're saying teaching your child to pray? So you're praying now with your child, okay? So let's look at this for a minute. Teaching your child to pray the deep intent of God over their lives. Now, children oftentimes, you know, will we'll do these prayers kind of more simple. Does everybody have one? Is that enough? Yeah, okay. All right. So we can see our children as childish and get them praying childish prayers. Um, it's okay. But why, you know? <laughs> um, so... Let's teach them. Let's model for them, right? So they're going to, first of all, there, there's, a, there's a, um, a model for discipleship. And the model for discipleship is you come alongside, we, the disciples come alongside Jesus, and they watch while he does something while he lives his life, while he prays, right? Well, while he heals, what he does. So the discipleship pattern is um, you watch while I do it. We do it together. And then I move aside and you do it. That's what you're doing about teaching your child to pray the deep prayers of God. So you're going to start with them. They get, they go, teach me to pray. Well, how do you teach somebody? They, the, the disciples Jesus said, this is how I pray. This is what I'm praying, right? Do this with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do this with me, right? First day watching him go up into the hills and they see. Let your children see you praying and don't get inhibited. You know, I mean, if you're down on your knees, I, I remember when my, my children were little and I was in the bedroom and I was, had, I don't know, something I needed to ask wisdom about, right? And I was on my knees in the bedroom, and one of my kids came, you know, into the room, and I started to jump up. And the Lord just convicted me. He said, stop that. Stay down here, you know, and just matter-of-factly, oh, yeah, can I help you? Like, hey, this is how I do life. This is how we do life, right? And so let your children see you um, praying. Let your children hear you praying the deep things of God. I really, really exhort you to not pray very much about the stuff of life with your children. It's addicting. It's like sugar. It's like McDonald's. It, you know, it's like French fries. It just starts to feel really good. You know, God, thank you for the food. And by the way, you know, take care of this and do that. And here's my laundry list of, you know, what's supposed to happen in life kind of thing. Just really shy away from that. Would you catch yourself? Don't model that prayer. Believe me, your kids know how to eat a cookie. You don't have to teach them how to eat a cookie. They can do the stuff prayers just fine somewhere down the line. Just don't addict them and say, this is the main course, right? So what I, I have here is like, you know, from the, I'll just, we'll just read through this, okay? From the very early ages, children can learn to seek the deep heart of God for their lives. How you pray with them really matters. So often our prayers with our children can fall into habits of being spiritually lightweight, functional side, but children can be drawn into hungering and thirsting after the righteousness, after righteousness in their prayers. They can learn that they have not because they ask not out of James, right? I mean, I was just talking to my grandchildren about that in their little time with me at grandma school. You know this verse? We have not because we ask not, right? So what is it we want to ask about? Hmm, 
I could ask for a, uh, a toy that I want. Yeah, that's a good thing. You know, God, God says, ask you, would you like a toy? He'd probably love to give you that toy. Here's another thing, though, that's, that's just so much deeper. Use the word deeper than that. We could ask God, ooh, God, make me good like you're good. Make me holy like you're holy, right? And, they, and they, that's how you teach them to pray, right? Okay, so how do you begin? This is that pattern. You can read a scripture, for example, this one in, in Philippians 1, 9 and 10. I use the Passion Translation because for me it, it, it engages my soul in a deep way. So you edit down to the key phrases with the child. Remember Charlotte Mason's thing of you're going to read the scriptures to the children with some discretionary leaving out? That's what, you know, so don't say that she drove a stake through the guy's skull. <laughs> I have to tell you, Kimberly, there was this... Uh, with my grandchildren, was just with Maddie and Ellie on Thursday. And I was reading them a, a scripture from the Apostle Paul. And Maddie said, I don't know what it, where it came from. She just said to me, so how did Paul die? I mean, he didn't die in the scripture verse. I thought, why are you thinking about death? But, you know, I mean, we were having a lot, just a sweet time. She goes, so how did Paul die? I said, well, honey, he actually, they cut his head off and that he was murdered. They, they killed him. And so then she looked at me, she said, how did they do that? And I'm thinking, I don't really want to get into this, but I want to honor her and then kind of move on. So I said, well, it's kind of like a guillotine. And so Ellie looks at me and she goes, what's a guillotine? I'm going, oh God, this is not going in a good direction. And how do I cut this off, right? So I said, well, you know, men just make this device and it has a big sharp knife and, you know, and it, and it, you know, the head's there and, and it just cuts the head off. And, and so Maddie's going like, ah, kind of like, you know, I mean, she's just being very objective at it. Ellie bursts into tears, curls up in a ball, holds her eyes over his hand and she goes, no, 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 this shouldn't happen. This is awful and I don't want to know it. <laughs> and tears are streaming down this tender face and I'm going, God, my whole intent is good and I've just so wounded my child, my grandchild's heart, right? <laughs> and so anyway, she, she got it all together and I, said, I tried to make something good out of it. How foolish. And I said, well, actually, if you're going to be murdered, having your head chopped off is, is really pretty good. It's quick. You don't feel anything. I said, over like a flash, and there you are with Jesus. It's a good ending, right? And they're looking at me like, are you sure, Grandma? And I thought, let's go back here because nobody died in this verse, right? And then we're going back to what we were doing. But I thought, <laughs> just had to tell that story because it was still in my heart. I go, hmm, I have to be really careful with this gentle soul, right? Can't visualize this. Don't want to see this. All right. So anyway, so we're editing down, leaving out what we need to leave out. Number one, that won't make sense to your children because the phrasing is just wrong. Put it in a little better words, but you're staying too close to the text, right? So for example, um, Philippians 1, 9 through 10, I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase. God will enable you to choose the most excellent way of all. You will be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness that are found in Jesus. So I would have my Bible open. That's what I would be looking at. And this is what I would say, right? It's got it's shifted a little bit so that it's understandable. And then I would say, oh, aren't there wonderful things in here for us to pray? That's what you do with the word of God. Oh, 
aren't there wonderful things in here for us to pray? Oh, we should pray about this. Oh, that's a wonderful thing for us to declare over our lives, right? Oh, that's a blessing God wants to give to us. Oh, that's something God is telling us we shouldn't do. Let's ask him to give us grace not to go there, right? That's what you do with the word, okay? Now you, right? So, so you'd say, um, Lord, so you're going to say, oh, aren't there wonderful things in here for us to pray? And then you start praying. Lord, you're praying. The child is with you, right? You're discipling. Lord, help us to grow in love today. Make us able to choose the most excellent way of all in everything we do today. Fill us completely with the life of Jesus. Thank you, God. We love you. Amen. So my child, your child is with you. You're praying that right out of the word, right? Now, your job is you got to believe that God's going to answer those prayers. This is not tokenism. This is not mechanics. This is power, right? Believe that. That now God is going to show your child today how to do the excellent way, right? And you're going to be watching. So your next step is watch for the answer to that prayer. So that you're going to be looking at your child. You're going to be watching for the Lord to give you and your child what you asked for. And then you're going to comment. So you pray, you watch, and you comment. So now you say to your child, when you see the fruit of your corporate prayer together with them, I just noticed you chose the excellent way when your little sister was bothering you. You didn't get angry. You just helped her you know, do something else. You just blew up that balloon and, and took her in a whole other direction, right? That was choosing the excellent way. Thank you, Jesus, for answering our prayer and changing our hearts. You're so good. Poof, go on with your day, right? Next step. Now that's doing it together. And you're going to do that for quite a while with children this age, right? For a long time. Next step, though, is once this kind of deep praying from the Word is a habit for you and your child, your child is easily going to pick it up. That's going to be, you go, you taught me how to pray. This is how my mom prays. That's how I pray, right? So um, you're gonna, the, the child is easily going to learn to pray this way themselves as you read an edited down verse. Um, that's, that has highlights, you know, to highlight the truth. So in your word and your prayer time together, it's an edit that goes in there, your child can easily learn to pray, Lord, help me grow in love today. You know, so you're reading the scripture and then this child, and first you're going to start out and say, when your child wants to pray, you go, oh, let's pray together. Let's say this. So you're not saying, you say this after me. That's what you're saying. Oh, let's pray Let's pray about this. Oh, there's so many wonderful things in here for us to pray about. Let's pray like this. And then you say, Lord, help us to grow in love today. Can you say that? Yes, you pray that too. Okay, Lord, help us to grow in love today. Your child's just right on it. So you're priming, you know, that the word's now coming out of their mouth. Help me choose the most excellent way of all today. My child, help me choose the most excellent way of all today. Fill me completely with the fruit of righteousness found in Jesus, right? And then your child is praying. And then you just say, amen, high five. Good prayer. We're going to watch for God doing that because he's going to hear and answer our prayers. Right? Um, okay. A few examples from scriptures um, to draw children into deep prayers. Um, you can just read through these. I gave you an example of Philippians 2, 1b, starting in the middle. It is, you are filled to over. These are the kinds of scriptures that you're going to pull out. I do not recommend 
reading consecutively the letters to young children. <laughs> oh, like, you know, but pulling out verses from them is great because you're just going to make them short, edit them down, you know, and, and, and they're getting word, 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 but they're not, you know, getting it over their head. So Philippians 2, 1, you are filled to overflowing with his comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercy. So I'm reading that out of the scriptures. And the example of a parent and child together prayer is, Oh Lord, overflow us with your comforting love. <sighs> right? We want to be the whole, we want to be the Holy Spirit's best friends. Help us feel your tender affection and mercy for us today. Right? Now here's an example of the child praying where now you've moved it back did it with me, watch while I do it, do it with me, and then I back away. And you're helping the child go, is there something beautiful in here that we could pray today? And you're getting that child, not these young children, because they're staying at those first stages, but then they're going to say, yeah, you know, Lord, now you can prime it. You say, oh, let's pray about it this way. Let's try this. Lord, flow over me with your comforting love. They pray. I want to be your very best friend of the Holy Spirit. Help me feel your tender affection and mercy for me today. You get to bed, and these children go. And then I, I gave you, just to jumpstart you, here are some scriptures. You can do that kind of thing out of their simple and you go. So you go to bed that, you know, your child's going to bed that night, and you're just going, um, you know, whatever you do, you read your story or something. But then you're saying, did you feel God's comfort and loving mercy? You know, how is it worded here today? Did you, did you feel God's tender affection and mercy today, right? I did, you know, when I felt it, I was feeling this and that, and then I just thought, I was so angry with myself because I did whatever, and I just felt God, just his tender mercy and affection for me, that's such a good feeling. And they just say, thank you, Lord, that you touch our feelings. We can feel your love and your mercy. That's such a good thing. Have a good night's sleep, sweet pea. All right, there's my resources for you and questions, comments, anything else? What time are we? Uh, 11, 12. Oh, we have about 15 minutes. So when you're setting out, you wouldn't quite get close to the rest Is there anything you feel like? No. You lead it first, and then later on when you're older, maybe. I would start because a child's going to feel on the spot. Do you like yeah. being put on the spot in a meeting? You know? <laughs> What do you think about this verse? Oh, God, give me time to think. Or, I don't know. I don't feel anything. I wasn't actually listening. My head was hurting. You know? I mean, it, and then the children are embarrassed and they're just uncomfortable. You want to make it a smooth way for the Lord to walk into their heart. No offense. No anything. So I wouldn't ask. You know, but, you, but you're able to jumpstart that modeling to say, oh, there's such lovely things in here for us to pray today. Right? When do you... Eventually, because, like you have the example of what yeah. the child can pray. When do you make that? Transition? I would, I would, for me. Now, you, you, you have the discernment for your kids, mm -hmm. right? I can only give you kind of the discernment for my kids, my grandkids, whatever. So you, it could change up for you. But for me, I would start to do this. Just get them willing to pray out loud after you. So, for example, the way this translates out is is. So at Forge, with our children, you know, with the grandchildren, right? And, and another little girl is in there. Um, 
So if we go to lay hands on somebody to pray, right, and you draw the children in, and, and, and here we've been doing it in the yard, and, and so the, the children might be off to the side or something. But for me, I just gather those kids. I go, here, here's a principle, if, and, and this has to do with atmosphere, I want my children in the atmosphere of God. I believe in the tangible presence of God. And I am not going to allow my child to be off somewhere that I'm, I'm stewarding their life, off somewhere when God is over here. I'm telling you, I'll just go, wait a minute, I need to get my kid. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay? So you bring that child in, but there's a child, and then you just take their little hand and you put it on that, you know, and you kind of do this and go, and then people are praying, right? And um, and so they're hearing what people are praying. But there have been times when I, I took, um, I think it was Ellie even, we were praying for people. Oh, we were praying in the care home, going around praying for the people who are in their wheelchairs and stuff after we had had a little service with them. And so I was taking Ellie around, and I said, let's go pray for people, right? And so she would lay her hand there, and I said, would you like to pray for so-and-so? And she looked, and she said, I said, oh, that's okay, because you'll, you'll be praying. Grandma will say the words, but you'll be praying, right? So you give an opportunity, but she wasn't ready, right? Now, you know, I might have done the same thing with Maddie, and Maddie might stop for a minute, and she's a little bit older, and, you know, whatever, and she might be the one who would say, oh, well, um, you know, help her to feel better or bless her or something, and she might come out with something, and then you go on and you, and you continue the prayer. And you teach children to say, you are praying when you're entering into the prayer, to my prayer. We're praying together. I'm saying the words, but we're praying together. So right? like after you've been doing it a while, like maybe give a chance to see if they're ready. Just like wait some time if they're not. Just give an opportunity. And with no pressure. Yeah. Bright-faced, low-keyed. You don't even miss a hitch. You, know? you don't miss a step in the flow of things if the child is not ready. seems like it's like age-appropriate for like maybe four or five, like, but I can't see Anthem, like, with so many words, him being able to follow so clearly. So it's probably like shorter and sweeter for like two, three. Yeah. Okay. With, with your little ones, with your two and three-year-olds, mm -hmm. I recommend, again, staying away from the functional prayers. They'll get that. What they won't get without discipleship is the pattern of praying deep prayers, right? So you can just, just, um, the Lord is my shepherd. Oh, and then you're showing a picture, maybe shepherd, sheep. I mean, one of these verses I think I put in here was, uh, um, maybe, we, maybe I didn't, but, but, you know, Jesus, how do I say Jesus caring is the shepherd carrying the lambs so you're going to do your discretionary rewording right but you've got the bible open so they're going your child is going they're getting this right out of the word right Mama, mama's reading this word it's all subliminal that they're getting right but um jesus carries the little lambs like oh do you know you're jesus's little lamb it's not a beautiful thing that he carries you come here i'm gonna hold you this is how jesus holds you i hold you and you can feel my arms but you know what Jesus holds you like this too, right? And so that's it, 30 seconds. Build it, build it, line upon line, inch by inch, inch by inch. I, I think I will do it because I started with Camila and she would repeat after yeah. me and then she wanted to be part of it too. Mm -hmm. So it's just, okay. 
mean, yeah. cut it down to what he can. It's great. It's great. And short, sweet. Your prayer times are short, sweet, and it is good to be me here with you feeling in your kid. It's got to be that. They will be drawn to prayer because it feels good to be me here with you and this God that I don't quite know yet, but I'm looking at you and you represent him to me, right? Okay, any other questions? And we will, um, you can pray if, if, um, if you want to go on with part two and three and maybe four. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You can, you know. But anyway, this I think is a standalone. You've got a lot here. I can't promise it will go on with the other, just given the different things I'm thinking about and whatever. But um, hopefully this will be transformative thing and if you if you do something along these lines over the next six months this kind of praying over yourself you will be you will be years ahead of being conformed to the image of Christ from the inside out your husband will be years ahead in his growth because the word is power right and wield the sword of the spirit the word is power it's how we wield it and you know are we taking this little floppy play pirate knife you know or sword or is it really the word of god we want to do it really with the word of god right and your children will grow like a jeremiah so that in their youth they can have that kind of an encounter relationship with god um, he obviously has been hearing the voice of god all the way along because when god spoke to him he didn't say like samuel Who's that? Is that you, Eli? Right? He was a child who was just learning. This, this child, you know, obviously has been interacting with God in deep ways, right? And in his youth, sent out to change the nations. That's your kids. And okay. this, is, this will be separate from the Bible lessons you would do during the, like the academic Bible lessons, right? Or would you do this as part of the Bible lessons? once they're older because they're like school age kids. Uh, so you're asking now, ask me about Mila's age? Uh, no, for like, like six year, like as, like the Almiri curriculum, like one yeah. of the section, like 20 minutes in Bible, right? Like, do you do this with that? I am a fan, I am a fan of not ever coming into the word of God without giving a response mm -hmm. back to God. I'm not a fan of having children come to the Word to get a storyline. Um, the storyline has to mean something. There has to be something alive. The Word is alive. It's a living Word. So I never want to come to it like it's just a story. That's why I suggest you don't use the word, oh, let's read the story about David and Goliath. Let's read the story about Jonah and the whale. Well, they're reading the story about Little House on the Prairie, and they're reading the story about this. I go, no, totally different category. Let's read the account of this, right? This is a story. This is an account of something that happened. And then there needs to be some response out of it. It can be very small, but just model for your children every time you're in the Word, there's some response. There's an acknowledgement of that. And, you know, 
Pauline, you and I have kind of talked about this business of, of taking your children into the Word and just saying, let's, let's read this and see if there's anything in here God would ask of us. Let's read this and see if there's anything in here that God talks to us about, right? Just, just, just that much. Set it up. This is an encounter with God in some way. Don't do just the story time, right? And I find that, I do find that lacking when we get into the mechanical, this is how you do the Bible lesson. You do your little, re, you know, I'm going, yeah, but there's got to be more than that or we're not doing our kids a favor. I think that's valid. For me, it's not enough. I want this for my kids, right? I want my kids in a living relationship with a living God. And I feel like I need to set the atmosphere. I need to set the habits of how they come to the word and how they respond. And I need to be able to guide the living ideas for them. So I integrate that all in. I have a kind of funny story about more of like the narrative side but um maddie she listens to mrs g's bible stories and she she's a lady that like in the 70s was on the radio in toronto and british lady and just does really amazing narrative accounts of a lot of the old testament and and new testament i feel like the old testament is much more narrative right there's the gospel she kind of create some characters and things that we're observing these things happening with Jesus. But anyway, so Maddie loves to do this while folding clothes. We'll just like turn one on. And the other day she turned on, um, Jephthah's daughter. (laughs) I was like, Oh God. (laughs) This is G. What will you do? This is a, you know, it's in judges. It's this very difficult story about Jephthah that makes this vow to God that, you know, if God, you know, wins this battle, you know, um, you know, the first thing that comes out of his house, he'll dedicate to God, essentially sacrifice. The first thing that comes out of his house as he's coming back victorious is his daughter. And so it's this, um, it's, yeah, it's really like, <laughs> would things, be in tears. I mean, that's what I things, don't want yeah, to know this. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so we're listening to this and, uh, you know, and, and we're, ta- but so we had this actual, this really good talk about it after, because even Mrs. G is like, why did God have this in the Bible? It's in his word. It's important. What can we learn from this? You know, Jephthah is listed in the, you know, book of hero, you know, chapter of heroes in Hebrews. Like there's something that God wants us to get of this. And so, you know, we just sat there and we just said, so what, why do you think God included this in the Bible? Why is this story in here? Because, you know, God's very intentional about what's in his word. And so um, we had a good talk about it, you know, just like, wow, there's some things I don't understand and maybe I will never understand until I get to heaven. But I think it's about, you know, I, I said, I know there's another place in the Bible where it says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. So I know God really values keeping your word, right? That there's a real importance to that. And also importance of like, you know, um, don't, you know, don't make these rash vows, right? Like don't swear by anything rashly. So there was this rash thing that Jephthah did, you know, um, back himself into a terrible corner. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, we talked about, so we talked about just the nature and character of Yahweh, right? So this is very early in like, you know, the, the kind of story of the Israelites and that, you know, I said, you know, all the other gods at that time in all the other places were sacrificing their children. That's what they did. 
everybody did that. But it's very clear in this passage, in this passage, that Yahweh was different and he did not, that was not how he operated. But Jephthah didn't know. Like maybe he didn't know that. Maybe he didn't have that understanding of this character of God that was very different. Maybe he was looking around to see what to find God. Except for so we had these like really good conversation out of it. And um so I think, you know, even with these things where you do get to these narrative accounts and you're like, whew, there's stuff that I still don't get. Mm-hmm. It's, it can spark a conversation, and even if you leave it like, I'm not sure, but here's some things, you know, if yeah, I look at now. this place in Scripture, if I look at what it says, you know, what Paul said here, then you can start, you know, drawing some things from it, even if you go, there's still some mystery here, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. So I think even that is a response. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the narrative things, maybe it's more conversational, you know? What yeah. did we see? What did God yeah. do? You know? Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's just honoring the word to say, this is to impact me, yeah. right? The word is wisdom. The word is instruction. The word, you know, yeah. is, is given to you for teaching, for correction, for, you know, mm-hmm. and so we've got to have our children approach it that way. So that's beautiful. Yeah. All right, let me close this off. One more time here. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for the seeds that you've planted in our heart for life. Thank you, God. You are Jesus, the living word. And we don't ever want to um, not respond to you um, when you speak. And so, Lord, um, whatever you want to speak to each of these ladies here today, God, thank you for giving them the grace to respond. Thank you for giving me the grace to respond, Lord, to how you are speaking. And um, and so, bear much fruit, God. Um, I just love Wendy Backland's revelation when she's fearful of speaking, and you said to her, Wendy, you're my servant. It's not what you say. It's what I do with what you say. <laughs> And so, Lord, I pray that you would do something good from what was said here today in the lives of these families. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Doak. Thank you,